And always the one consistent thing was I had this dream of telling a story. And back then I didn't even have the idea. It was just the idea of I want to create a story. And I just take all that energy and put it into it. But like anything creative, it's hard. Tap on the headphones. We're going to get started right away. You guys ready to go? Sure. Sure. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Tool for Rise podcast, a.k.a. the number one podcast in Winnipeg, where we document the rise of stardom of Winnipeg's talent and personalities. If you don't know, we're trying to beat our city in number of subscribers. So if you find any value from this episode, please subscribe. Let's, Let's bring in our guests for today. There are avid storytellers who are working on a comic book to share a message. Here to talk about modern comics and storytelling, please welcome John Osichuk and Jay Doyle. Let's go. Thanks, Thank guys. Thank you. Welcome, boys. Welcome. It's the first time we have, or no, not the first time, but we <laughs> crowded in this small room here, <laughs> all four of us. Um, comic books, yo. I, I'm not a huge comic book reader, but he is. I and he was telling me yesterday, he was like, yo, I'm so excited for this. I'm so <laughs> excited awesome, for awesome. this. <laughs> I remember as a kid, just like, you know, like, I was like, what, grade grade seven, grade five, like grade eight, even up until high school, I was like, comic books were a thing, like Marvel, all of that. Like, yep. man, I love those. And I would draw them myself too, but <laughs> let's talk about how you guys started. Like, where did this co- idea come about of storytelling, especially with a comic book? Um, you start. start. Okay. You have this. Well, let, let's introduce you guys sure. first. Yeah. Okay. Introduce yourselves and, and your little background, and then we'll get into it. Uh, I'm, I'm Jay Doyle. Um, I, uh, I'm a crisis counselor at an at-risk uh, school. Mm-hmm our youth school. And, um, yeah, I just started getting back into drawing, uh, the last four and a half years, uh, suffering from mental health and concussion issues mm-hmm. and, uh, needed something to keep my brain busy. And I, as a kid, I loved comics mm-hmm. just like you. Yeah. I lived them. It was my getaway mm-hmm. and, uh, my little fantasy world. And so I'm like, I'm going to start drawing and started getting into it. And then I got invited to take my portfolio and have it looked over by Marvel comics. Mm-hmm. They gave me some critiquing and stuff like that and helped me. Wow. And I really started thinking, Oh wow. I'm not bad. I can yeah. start you know, focusing on doing this a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So I uh, just been focusing on drawing and trying to put my artwork out there. And uh, that's how we, <laughs> how we met. So I'll <laughs> let John talk about his uh, my side. <laughs> yeah, his Thanks. side. Um, well, my name is John Osichuk. I work in the city as a massage therapist currently, but my dream has always been to be a writer. So this story and the journey of it is really quite long. So the the story I've been developing is about 25 years wow. in the making. Uh-huh. And I like to say that my first 20 years was just kind of vomiting ideas and just coming up with ideas of the story mm-hmm. while I struggled with trying to understand the narrative that I wanted to follow Mm -hmm. so i spent about five years independently studying like the art of storytelling and combining those 20 years of kind of world building and store character creation and things like that with the study of how to tell the story and especially a story that i i would like to hear myself Mm -hmm. i uh i finally am at a point where i'm ready to produce it initially the idea was supposed to be a a novel Mm-hmm. Like a like a novel series, sort of like a George R. R. Martin sure. multi vault multi book set. Uh-huh. And uh, recently, like in the last year or so, I joined this writing group that did screenplays. Mm-hmm. So I'm still involved in this group, but 
the universe, like I was saying earlier before we came online, uh, I knew someone who, through my massage business, that I was chatting to about this dream of mine to tell a story and maybe make a living doing it, right? Yeah, that's yeah. the dream. Uh, and she said, well, I happen to know someone who knows someone <laughs> who has a portfolio. <laughs> and he's on Instagram and he has lots of really great stuff. And I was like, well, hey, if you want to give him my contact, then mm -hmm. that'd be great. So then Jay shot me an email. And I was like, well, meet me at McDonald's because it's close to home. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we met up and we ended up talking for like three hours at McDonald's. Wow. And uh, then I tried to send him the script and he didn't get it. So he was like, I'm not sure, man. Like, it sounds like you want me to like write a script. And yeah. The story and all this stuff. And I'm like, I was at Folk Fest at the time. So I get this text. He's like, yeah, I think I'm out. Like, this is, this oh, is no. crazy. And I'm like. I sent you the script. I sent you the script. <laughs> yeah. And then we got it straightened out. And then he started reading it. And he was just like, oh, okay. Yeah. And then uh, a couple of more meetings. And then we really got into the process of developing. And now we're halfway through drawing the first book. Uh, it, a little bit more than half. A bit yeah. more than half. So, um, yeah. I, I, I thought it was being catfished. <laughs> so McDonald's, I'm like, yeah, that's a perfect spot. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was, uh, was kind of like Step Brothers. We were just kind of like... Did we just become best friends? <laughs> totally, <laughs> totally. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, when he was telling me, like, yeah, you, like, help me with the script and help, like, you draw this and all, like, and I'm like, uh -huh. okay, I haven't gotten anything. Like, uh -huh. what's going on there? Is he yeah. expecting me to do like eighty percent of the work here? Like, I don't, like <laughs> I've never done this either. So um, when he said, no, 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 that's why I'm like, okay, let's okay. let's give this a shot. And <laughs> yeah. then I I fell in love with the script right away. I was like, because when he was a telling me about it at McDonald's at McDonald's we our eyes were just like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when we were talking there like we were like just like feeding off each other just getting more and more hyped and uh it was uh I was like okay this is too good to be true because this is a really good story yeah. I really like the idea and um and then when he I did read the script I was just like this is amazing this is something I can get into so uh -huh. um because if it wasn't something I could draw or something I visually couldn't my mind to and be excited about i don't know if i could do it of course. um so like yeah when he sent that to me i was really really like gung-ho to, to do this so wow what what about the pitch was so enticing for you uh the the length of the story okay it's long long very deep psychological thrilling epic uh -huh. fantasy which I fell in love with like he's like he was telling me about it. I'm like dude slow down like my brain's gonna explode <laughs> like you, you got lots there I'm like I'm lost sure. and he's all excited to tell me about everything right <laughs> of course. so um yeah he's got this incredible story mm -hmm. incredible like he's really really put a lot of effort into it and worked really hard into this and I just want to visually bring it out for him and make him happy with the product that uh, I'm doing and so um so far we're really jacked with totally. everything that's going on mm -hmm. uh even when we're doing paneling together we get more and more hyped up and we get excited <laughs> so yeah it's it's been a great partnership he's a great guy um mm -hmm. we've gotten to know each other more and more wow. and um yeah really excited for this i'm Love. really truly excited for this mm -hmm. it's a passion like it, it it came at a perfect time for me sure. I, I just felt like my mental health was like after covid and everything mm -hmm. and just like i felt like i wasn't uh, I just felt I just needed something sure. and that it, it, this is the spark I need in my life because mm -hmm. this is something I always wanted to do since as a child. So, mm -hmm. yeah. That's awesome. Like 
you're writing a comic book not only about just you know like marvel you see all these like superheroes it's like it has a deeper message what, what was the idea of that deeper message like why not just write like an epic comic book that is like gonna get all the kids interested but like you wanted to tell a story behind it our this is something that's kind of come to me more recently as i've gotten older is i didn't want to tell a story that was heavily influenced by like modern politics mm -hmm. and like being very allegorical if you know what i mean sure. so like tolkien was adamant that lord of the rings and the hobbit was not allegory for world war one yeah. because he fought in that like he struggled he saw people die mm -hmm. whereas his friend his one of his best friends c.s lewis who wrote like the chronicles of narnia his was allegory and it yeah. was like literally taking place in our world mm -hmm. and then of course the world of narnia for me i always wanted to come up with something unique and original because everyone says that there's no original ideas yeah. and i always love a challenge <laughs> when i was in grade six someone told me world peace was impossible and i was like hang on yeah maybe yeah. maybe it's not uh -huh. but probably not <laughs> but for the story that's why it took me so long because everything is just repeating something that was told before mm -hmm. but it's trying to produce it in an original manner so okay. some of my influences are like star wars and george lucas yeah but i remember when the prequels came out being disappointed because the story was loose and all over the place and i remember thinking like well surely it could be done better yeah. so i'm not copying star wars but mm -hmm. i'm certainly influenced especially the world building of george lucas mm -hmm. i that's what fills my bucket with um telling stories and just part of it too is that the world is a really dangerous place yeah right but in our society it's so safe yeah where like words are violence now mm -hmm. and i'm like no that's not true so i'm trying to come up with a story with like villains that are horrifying that mm -hmm. you know make you want to like just put the book down yeah because you're so freaked out <laughs> and just tell an original story but certainly targeting uh, an older audience. Yeah. What what got you, like, started? Like, I, I know you guys said, like, you, I assume you guys were interested when you were a kid, but what, what specifically about the comics? Was it something that you got lost in, or what, what was it about comic books specifically that really wanted you to, okay, I enjoy reading them, but now I actually want to write one, or now I actually want to draw one or create one? For me, it's the pure escapism. My uh, my mom bought me issue one of the original Infinity Gauntlet, which obviously is like Endgame, right? Yeah, you know? yeah. But the original six book series was so wild because it had all the superheroes, mm -hmm. and I had never been an avid comic collector. I read comics, yeah, but this one had everybody except all those that were dead because of the so, snap, so, right? Yeah, and it was so wild, and it, part of the fun of it was some reason i missed the fourth episode or the fourth book mm -hmm. and i couldn't find it for months until i finally did and that's the the episode where all the superheroes go at thanos yeah so i read like one two three five six <laughs> like a hundred times as a kid but i was missing that one piece and so i knew how it ended yeah but it was so epic right because you get yeah. to have all those characters so in my own story i want to build up with the characters so that you have you know all these different characters and there will be that momentous battle at the end maybe not as many as in, in the infinity gauntlet yeah because we don't have that many years ahead of us <laughs> but 
just have that coming together in that moment is uh, powerful. Wow. And and putting that into drawing is, is that a challenge or like it is it, yeah, because um, visually you want like when you're reading it, you're you're getting deeper into the book. Mm-hmm. I want to visually make it pop. Right. So for me as a kid, like reading comics, it was always Batman, Spider-Man, and it was very, the hero saves everything at the end of the day, yeah. at the end of the book, until Frank Miller and Alan Moore came out with their books, The Watchmen, mm-hmm. and then Frank Miller's um, Dark Knight Returns. Yeah. And I, like we were just talking about this, when reading that as a kid and flipping through it, and you're seeing the Joker running through the streets, shooting people, I lost my mind. I'm like, <laughs> they're actually putting this in a book. Yeah. yeah. Like, this is crazy. And it, it just shocked me. And it was, as a, I was like, I can't believe they're doing this. Because I we used to watch horror films and everything. And, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, I wish they could put this kind of stuff in comics, Makes, you know? Yeah. And uh, finally, you're seeing Frank Miller, like, push back and say, we're going to do this. And this is in the 80s. And so <laughs> you're like, and I'm reading this, and I'm like, this is incredible. And that's how I really like he's pushing the boundaries and Alan Moore was doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, his had a little more politics to it, but um, pushing the boundaries. And I, I just, I fell in love with that, that kind of style mm-hmm. of just pushing the boundaries and, and, and getting people attracted to it. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. I mean, I mean, combining both two visions of separate entities, even somewhat like ourselves, when we have two different visions, and or sometimes we align perfectly, but there's times when this I feel like oh this could be better, and then he feels this could be better. Do you guys have those moments with each other? And then, yes. And then yeah. how how do you guys come to terms with that? And because you've worked on your story for years and years, and you probably have a, some sort of personal connection with it, and so conveying that message to yourself, how's how does that work? For me, it's oh. I realize that I need to bring other people on board if I want this to become what I hope it to become. Mm-hmm. Like our dream is to see this to get developed into like an anime series, mm-hmm. okay. and I can't do that on my own. Yeah. So I need to like let go of the ego yeah. and like oh my little precious baby, <laughs> and allow others to come in and kind of share in the light or the wealth, whatever it is, right? Because for me, it was a long time like I never I've never published anything. Because I was so scared of someone stealing it or being criticized. But at the end of the day, you realize, like, the only people who don't get criticized are people who don't do anything. So if you want to put out a great story or a story in general, people are going to criticize it. The the world is so polarized now. Like, no matter what you do, you'll be criticized. Yeah. So you just have to – I had to let that go and just realize, like, I need to reach out to the universe and say, okay, let's – Let's see what happens and just, you know, let the story come out. And here we are now. I know there's a deeper message to the book and obviously we're not going to spoil it here on the podcast, but just the idea of the topic, like what kind of hidden message? Is it more of like a hero versus like evil or is just like about society or mental health? Like what's the, what's the highlight of the deeper message? I think... Well, because there's a lot of different characters and a lot of storylines that we're mm-hmm. going to explore over the, the series, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think it's the, it's just doing what needs to be done. That yeah. would be the, the ultimate message, mm-hmm. and how, especially today, in society, people, 
don't always want to do what they have to. They'd rather just, you know, go on TikTok and make TikTok videos instead of doing their dishes. But you need to do your dishes. Like, Jordan Peterson is super polarizing, right? But he's not wrong when he says, if you clean your room, you're going to build a little bit of momentum to be productive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then just recently, I came across a clip of him speaking, and it really resonated with me, where he said, try to do one thing as best as you can. Mm -hmm. And it's not, like, if you have a family or you have a job, like, it it could be those things. But for me, it's just like a light went off where I was like, it's my story. Yeah. Like that, like I try to be the best father I can be, the best husband, all these things. But mm-hmm. my one thing that has lived within me, like almost my entire life was this dream to tell stories. Like I remember being a little kid with He-Man action figures <laughs> and, and like playing in Castle Grayskull and I would knock Castle Grayskull over because Skeletor attacked and did some crazy <laughs> stuff. Yeah, And I would be doing this and I'd be telling my mom and she's just like, where are you coming up with this? (laughs) So uh, for me as an artist, I really think you need to tap into that child innocence Mm -hmm. and just embrace it and go with it. Because when you're young, you don't care. You're not, like people can criticize you and you're like, I'm just playing. Yeah. So I think that's what Jay and I try to bring in this energy. So like you were saying, when he has a vision and I have a vision, how do we get around it? Well, we just figure it out. Yeah. And he'll say, well, what do you think about this? And I'm like, I love that, but shouldn't the eyes be, like, pointed that way versus that way? Yeah. yeah. And then it's like, oh, right, I didn't even think of that. Or, and then he'll give me an idea. Like, for me, it's all been words in my head. So he's bringing this to life. Yeah. Like, even the the photo that we, or the cover yeah. that we showed you guys. Mm-hmm. For me, when I saw that, even in the black and white, I was just like, oh, my, oh my God. God. Yeah. Like, this is happening. Yeah. And it's one picture, so I can't even imagine when we get the first book done, let alone the first hundred. Yeah, and for me, uh, the message, um, I've always had this fear of people not liking my art, and, and I had to get over that hump. I was always getting to the edge and just afraid to just jump off and whatever happens, happens. And so at 50 years old, 50 years old, I'm like, I can't do this, I'm 50, and like, like... I'm in that mental state. Yeah. And then my brother is the one that called me and said, yeah, you can. You have this incredible talent. Just do it. What's holding you back? Nothing. Well, then do it. Yeah. I always tell other people, you can do anything. And I'm the one that's like <laughs> the one sitting back yeah. and, and not doing it, right? So I'm like, yeah, I can do this. And I'm like, I will do it. And I got to get over that fear. And so I pushed myself to do it. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm I'm loving the process, mm-hmm. absolutely loving the process. I got this passion back. I'm fully invested into this thing, and uh, I, I now I'm regretting not doing this earlier. <laughs> yeah, and and pushing myself. Uh-huh. When I was younger, of course. So, I, I don't think people, even myself, I didn't understand the timeline of like how much time you guys are putting and how much effort. Even you saying yourself, you worked on it for 25 years. That's it's a long time. What was the thought process throughout the whole thing, like you just working your pen every day, working the story and how long does the drawing things take too? Like it's a very like intricate, like story and drawing. Like how long does the whole process take? Why don't you touch on the the process of creating the book? Yeah. The, the drawing part is, um, anyone can draw Mm -hmm. and, and a lot of artists will tell you that. Um, 
and you need references for everything, right? Uh, the hard part for a comic book is doing the panels and trying to get the flow so your eyes are gradually moving along with the story. Okay. So that's the, that's the most difficult thing. Sure. And then having these splash, splash pages that um, really pop out and get the reader vest even more. Uh-huh. So um, that's what I've been working on and making sure that it flows and it, it captures a story. Emotionally, you get invested into it because um, his story is incredible. It, it is. It's absolutely incredible. Um, it'll blow up your brain even after five minutes of him telling you about the story. If he like he wants to tell you, your, your brain's going to be okay enough. That's that's uh-huh. a lot. Because um, I tell him like you need to stop. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, and then we like we get together and we go over the panels on how because he has he has his vision in his head, mm-hmm. and so I got to bring it out visually for him. So like me and him get together and discuss it and do the panels together. And then I go home and I draw it and then I do each panel. So drawing it, like I spend at least, well, it's summer. I'm not working throughout the summer months. So I'm doing at least eight hours a day drawing at the very least, uh-huh. making sure I get at least one page a day done. Mm-hmm. And then once the penciling's done, then I got to do the inking and then we will get it colored. Wow, that's a long process. And and was it ever a struggle for you to actually write the whole story? Or was it like you're just, I want to write a page a day, or like you had to force yourself and actually sit and write? Or was it just you let your creativity flow? Yes and no. <laughs> <laughs> but just to touch on uh, the process that Jay was speaking on. Yeah. Uh-huh. When we sit down together to like plan out a book, mm-hmm. to panel it, it's approximately three to four hours. Okay. So we, wow. pu- we produce like... The 24 page that includes covers mm-hmm. the the story for that book and it takes about that long but on your question it's taken so long right to yeah. get to where we are now or where i am now with it mm-hmm. that it's really served as a lifeline for me battling depression and anxiety because mm-hmm. everybody makes mistakes yeah and everybody has different issues and challenges right and for me this is just something that just kept me going. Like there was a point when I was young where I was homeless, but I'm here now and my life is great, but it's a long, it's a long road to get to where I am from where I was. Mm -hmm. And always the one consistent thing was I had this dream of telling a story. And back then I didn't even have the idea. It was just the idea of, I want to create a story Mm -hmm. and I just take all that energy and put it into it. But like anything creative, it's hard. And the trick, at least for me, is to just sit down and do it and not give yourself an excuse. Like a lot of people talk about writer's block yeah. mm-hmm. and there's hot debates in Facebook groups <laughs> about whether writer's block is real or is it fake. And there's lots of people who will shout at you for saying that it's fake. Yeah. But what it is, is it's just, it's, a re- it's resistance. There's this book called The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield, I think his name is. And he just talks about this concept of resistance. And it's, he talks about it in regards to writing, but it's life in general and just trying to chase your dreams where you're you're filled with doubt. And you're like, I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough to do this. But I mean, of course you are. But you just have to set aside that little voice of doubt. So when I write now, like I can write one page and I could be satisfied. I could write 10 pages Mm -hmm. and be satisfied. And, you know, that's just the process. It's... It's art. It's, mm-hmm. it's very selfish. Yeah. Because 
you know, you're not scrubbing the dishes, you're not cleaning the floor, you're not doing things that are responsible per se, yeah. but you're creating something that wasn't there before. So you just have to stick to it and do it. Yeah. You're using like a different side of your brain almost, right? Oh, like totally. it's the creative side. Whereas like dishes, it's sort of like, you know, oh, wash. <laughs> it's like mechanical, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's routine. Time. It's right? routine. Yeah. yeah. And, and the creative side is much more different. And and that's what I meant earlier when I said like you, you get to the edge. Yeah. And you're always turned back and you're like, I'm not going to, I'm not jumping today. I'm not doing this. Mm-hmm. So like, like him with the mental health and like the anxieties for me and the paranoia, it was just like, you got to do this. You got to just do it. There's no harm, no foul. Like just go mm-hmm. uh, be creative, have fun with it and reignite that passion. Of course. Yeah. So. Of course. Was there ever any bad days where, you know, of course we all, we have bad days and we're like, man, this podcast thing is not going to work out. You know, it's not meant for us. Was that ever a part of that journey too? Like, Hey, this drawing is not the best and I don't know if I can oh, do it anymore. Yeah. 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 Oh, um, well, I look back at my first pictures that I drew and I laugh. I'm like, I can't believe <laughs> that was that bad. Yeah. And, and it wasn't, it wasn't bad. It was just like, that's where I was at. Right. Um, so yeah, like, <laughs> I have good days and bad days. There's times yeah. where I'm drawing and I'm like, I cannot, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. I can't draw a hand. I can't do a face. I'm like, I need to step away. Yeah. Take that 20 minutes and then come back or if not longer mm-hmm. or watch something mm-hmm. and then it, it, it like reignite something inside yeah. that gets you motivated to, to get back at it. Um, yeah, I have those moments. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just, I have to push myself to get back at it. Yeah. You can't let it go. Like John was saying, like yeah. you can come up with the excuses and, not, and push it off the side and say, I'm not doing it, I'm not doing it. You got to just keep pushing yourself and keep doing it and going at it. Mm-hmm. It's hard. Drawing is it's a hard, hard thing like to do. Like it's There's some so many great artists, Jim Lee, Greg yeah. Capullo, um, Miller, uh, David Finch, who I, I love his podcast, uh, mm-hmm. his YouTube channel, um, Todd McFarlane, all these great artists, and they do it every day, hours and hours and hours of do it. And they always say like, you got to just keep practicing and doing it. Yeah. You, you, that's the only way you're going to get better. Yeah. I could, we can tell you a million times, but you just got to keep doing it and keep practicing. So, and when like at school I work at, I uh, have this comic book club and I created this comic book club to help kids draw and develop their own stories. Right. It's a safe environment and create and be just do what I did as a kid. Mm-hmm. And they just love it. And they constantly say, well, how come I'm not as good as you? Yeah. I'm like, well, it's practice. practice. So we baby step it. So they like, well, I want to get that good. You got to keep practicing, keep practicing. And there's some kids that have natural talent. Yeah. It's unreal. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that's basically, as an artist for me, it's like always you got to keep pushing yourself. Mm-hmm. And did you ever have those moments as well where you're like, man, I can't oh, absolutely, this absolutely. Yeah. Because the story I want to tell is, pardon me, inspired by, like, the Star Wars saga and Lord of the Rings. Like, those are big stories, and that's Mm. always what's drawn me. That's what I love. Yeah. Like, say, the Vikings series. I love Vikings, and it's huge, and that's why. Because there's lots of characters and twists and turns. Mm -hmm. So when you, you don't even know how to tell a story, and you want to tell a story that's so beyond your scope of talent yeah. you're like what's the point yeah. but the point is to continue learning to get better even if you want to make one book 
that's enough, mm-hmm. right? They like to say, like, everybody has one book in them. Not everyone's going to want to read it. Right. But look at um, J.K. Rowling. Mm-hmm. She wrote the first Harry Potter while on welfare in a pub because she didn't have heat in her apartment. Yeah. Yeah. And now look at her. Yeah. And got rejected many times. Yeah, totally. Like yeah. 29 times or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. But still kept, still kept going. Yeah. I, I, I like, when we, we were doing this... Uh, when you mentioned like storytelling, right? You, you spend a lot of time doing storytelling. I'm a strong believer that, yeah, you could follow the trend. Yeah, you could follow the hype. But the real projects, the real art, the real movies, music, anything, it's the one that tells the story that lasts the longest. Could you touch on like the storytelling aspect and why that is so important and how you got to like learn the front, middle, end and the intricacies of storytelling? It's like anything. If you want to get good at it, you need to study and practice. Mm -hmm. So if you look at the comics today, they're very trendy Mm -hmm. with current issues. So it's back to that allegory concept. Like when you read Batman, do you want to be hearing about like gender politics or do you want to hear about Batman fighting the Joker? Yeah. It's the latter. Yeah. But the mainstream comics especially have chosen to pursue what's trendy Mm -hmm. versus quality i i would say it as that and with storytelling it shouldn't be about the trendy it should be about just trying to tell a quality story and i understand the philosophy of that because they think there's a market but if you want to create something that's quality then you shouldn't chase trends you should just try to create something original right you know like black batman why not just create a black character Mm -hmm who is incredible on his own instead of putting something onto an established character. Because for me, like there's all sorts of debates about the Lord of the Rings and canon versus changing canon. Mm -hmm. I'm a big fan of canon Mm -hmm. because that's, you learn about these worlds and you get invested in it. And then all of a sudden some new CEO comes in and is like, no, No. this is how it is. And you're like, what, what about all these other things? Like there's a funny interview where, uh, Kathleen Kennedy, she's the president of Lucasfilm or CEO of Lucasfilm. Okay. And she's talking about how Star Wars doesn't have a playbook insofar as novels and comics to follow storylines. So they had to do the sequel trilogy from scratch. Mm-hmm. But there's another interview with George Lucas saying, we have hundreds of books. We have <laughs> hundreds of graphic novels. We have all this so these stories out there that were well, well received by the fans and were great storytelling but there's an agenda to do something different. And that's also partially on the artists who have their own egos to create something new where they don't want to take someone else's property and just recreate it to honor that, even though it's great on its own. Like, yes, put on your twists. But if you look at Peter Jackson's uh, Lord of the Rings trilogy, they did omit things because otherwise it would be 80 hours. But the spirit of especially the allegory and non-allegory that was so important to Tolkien, Mm -hmm. they didn't infuse their own personal politics into the story as opposed to what's coming out with uh, the rings of power. So, so what does it feel like when, you know, like when we get someone bigger on the guests and they come on the podcast and they're like, Oh, you guys are, you guys are doing something crazy. And now, you know, you got your portfolio viewed by Marvel, one of like the biggest companies in the world right and that's a insane feeling and that really validate the idea that like man i can draw yeah what, what, what did that feel like 
Well, I, I went in there with zero expectations. So right. I went in there and I like I saw an artist walk out and he didn't look like he was too happy with the way the interview went. Mm-hmm. So when I went into the interview and I sat down and he's flipping, opens up my portfolio and he goes, uh, so what are your expectations? I'm like, nothing really. I, I don't expect anything. I, I'm just kind of looking for some critiques here and help mm-hmm. myself improve. Uh-huh. And he started asking me questions like, well, where did you go to school to draw? I didn't go to school. He's like, oh, okay. How long have you been drawing? Uh, well, these pictures here I did in the last six months. I've only been drawing maybe eight months at that time. Yeah. And he's looking at me like, what? And I'm <laughs> like, yeah. And he's just like, okay. And then he started going over. He goes, I'm going to put you in this category over here. Yeah. And this is what I want you to do. And then he kind of helped me through it. He was actually very helpful. Mm-hmm. Um and he goes like, keep working on you got like you got some good work here, but you need to work on like perspe- like perspective is always sure. you always need to work on that right. line work and um, anatomy and hatching and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, oh, awesome! This is what this is what I want. Right? Like mm-hmm. everyone's afraid of criticism, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone thinks they're they're entitled and everything is great, and, and they can't accept failure anymore. Mm-hmm. And as a kid growing up, like that's how you learn. Yeah. <laughs> like. My dad always had this saying, like, um, do it right the first time so you don't have to do it a second time. I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> uh, how am I supposed to learn? Like, yeah. uh, like uh, if I made a mistake, then I learned from that. <laughs> so, Again, yeah. But that was, he's, he was a master chef, and he right. was, that's how he got taught. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I walked out of there, and I felt like Marvel, uh, like, they sent me a, an exa- uh, a sample script, a Deadpool sample script to do um paneling and i wasn't ready to do it i was i was honest with them like i yeah. i sent an email back i'm not i'm not ready to do uh, like a, a book a 10 pages and like i have never done it right. so like I, and i was nervous and my mental health i had uh, some depression some anxiety was a big one and paranoia mm-hmm. like i was always i'm always car- paranoid about my my artwork thinking people are gonna and then finally i just like when i met john and i, I got that passion something just clicked where like no you're good you can do this yeah I mean I'm always gonna learn I and that like I'm not I'm I'm new to this mm-hmm. right so I like I'm gonna learn as we go along but um yeah like that's yeah, where we're at yeah. like, <laughs> so <laughs> I lost my train of thought there yeah. but uh, <laughs> but yeah like I I just like want to move forward and learn from the mistakes that I made and and try to produce something better right. and that's basically what it comes down to what's it so, like seeing the final product like for both of you like when uh yeah when you see it like it's in your head you have the the idea of this is what i want it to look like this is what i want to write about (laughs) what's it like when it's oh this is it right here me i look at it i'm like oh i could have done that better (laughs) i could have done that better oh i I, I should have added this i I, i'm I'm critiquing critiquing myself Uh right so i'm like uh and then other people are oh it's great i'm like I want to hear yeah. you say, oh, you know, maybe if you did this better. And I'd be, oh, maybe. Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> I, I like that stuff. Sure. Um, I, I like people to look at my artwork and, like, praise it. But, I mean, I, I'm not looking for that. I, like, I I want people to sit there and say, oh, what if you did this a little bit better or mm. did this a little bit better or whatever. Like, especially, like, artists, like, pro artists that have looked at my stuff. Like, there's been a few when I've gone to Comic-Cons in Toronto and, like, showed them some of my artwork and, They've said like uh, Ken Lashley said like oh your the hands a little too big here and like th- I, I appreciate that stuff yeah. right mm-hmm. he's been with Marvel forever and and DC Comics and he's a fantastic artist and it's helpful mm. like that's how we improve as artists right 
like uh, we were ta- on the way here, where we're talking about Laurel Canyon and how all these artists like Eric Clapton and sure. all these unreal artists in the '60s were just playing music in in the yard or in the basement or whatever. And someone would do a riff, and they're like, "Oh, can I use that?" And I'm like, "Yeah, go ahead." Like, like, and they would be helpful and, and help each other, right? You don't see that anymore in the world. Yeah. It's 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 a dog eat dog world, especially with the way things are going in the world right now. So, sure. mm-hmm. what about you, John? Like seeing seeing the final product, like you know, or getting started in creating the final product. What what does that feel like? Well, when I see Jay's work, even when it's not done, just the process, like the the penciled. Uh, panels mm-hmm. I'm super pumped because <laughs> it's becoming that. real like slowly and now I'm very much like it's one step at a time because it's very easy to get excited mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden things aren't going the way you want and you're disappointed so in this endeavor it's very important for me to just take it slowly but like the the cover that we have colored and we have the title of the series and our business name or our studio name on it I just like that's like my, it's not like a, almost like a mental mantra, a visual mm-hmm. mantra rather yeah. to just, I look at that and it's on my phone. So every time I open my phone, I see it and I'm like, like I'm doing this. Yeah. Like ever, it doesn't matter because sure. it's one day at a time. And you know, it's literally, as Jay said, you just, you're always getting better. Mm-hmm. Like I know that 10 books down the road, I'll look back at the first book and be like, ah, I could have done this or I could have done that. Mm-hmm. But like this, it's quite planned out, so you just have to trust the process. Yeah, and that's where we're at. Like we're. It's funny when like when we're doing the panels, and he's telling me how he sees it, and then I'm like, I get a like an idea in my head. Oh yeah, and like, what about if we did this? Just hear me out. Like, what if we did this? And, he, and also he's like, oh, <laughs> and everything. And his mind blows up, and he's just like. Oh, dude, that's it. I'm like, okay, stop. Because yeah. you're going to go too deep, and I can't, yeah. I, I, I'm going to be lost. So I, we, we bounce ideas off each other. We get super hyped up and because we love the ideas that mm-hmm. each other feeds, like, feeds each other. And so um, it's a great partnership. Definitely. It yeah. is. Because uh, we both have like similar taste. We both love, grew up Star Wars and Lord of the Rings and Game of Thrones and all that kind of stuff. Mm. So it's very easy very easy for us to work together we get it done and we enjoy it yeah i mean i i look at it like i want to have this partnership and i tell them this all the time like greg capullo and scott snyder who worked on this batman series do you know who they are yeah yeah a uh, little bit a little bit sure. it, yeah. well I, i've met them and they're fantastic Ooh. guys yeah unreal guys and um they did the uh this batman series mm-hmm. and when i was in toronto i bought Book. I wasn't really fully invested in comics. I wasn't even drawing at the time. I bought this book. It was the Joker death of the family. Mm-hmm. And it blew my mind. I was like, the artwork and the story was unbelievable. And I was telling him about it. And I'm like, you need to read this mm-hmm. book. Mm-hmm. And so these guys, like the artist and the writer, became this super duo, right? They're known throughout the comic world. They're unbelievable in right. North America. And I'm like, that's where we need to be. We need to be like... <laughs> The Chris Claremont and John Byrne back in the early uh, 70s and 80s mm-hmm. with the X-Men. We need to be the Craig Capullo and uh, Scott Snyder. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's where I see us going, like having the story where we're going to be that dynamic duo moving forward. Yeah. So Those are some uh, uh, surreal moments, too. Like, you know, when we sit in this room and we're planning ideas, it's like, man, let's do this video. Let's do this, guys. <laughs> yeah. Those are, like, I love those moments because 
then at times we're like, man, okay, stop talking. We have to actually write this down. Do you guys ever have that moment? It's like, execute. Man, like execute rather than talk, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. Because, I mean, with it takes so much time to develop a story. Right. And especially to do it well, that ideas create ideas. Mm-hmm. So that's something really popular. Like the, your favorite, an artist's favorite project is the one they're not working on. <laughs> yeah. Right. Because you have that grind to complete yeah. And yeah. to get it done to the the level you want, you're like, man, this is going to be 100 hours. Mm-hmm. You know what would be more fun? Let's brainstorm some new characters <laughs> yeah. and come up with a different storyline because that's, that's way easier and more yeah. fun. Like yeah. For me, my, my favorite thing to do is like the outlining and the building of the story. Mm-hmm. But then there's the grind yeah. where you're, you sit down and you're like, okay, what does this guy say? Mm-hmm. What does this character respond and the, you know, the, the actual work of the storytelling. Mm-hmm. You, you kind of like have to become those characters in that moment when you're writing, right? Well, you need to be in their shoes for sure. Yeah. yeah. That's, is that hard to do at sometimes? Both of us have to, like he, for him, he's had this story for 20 plus years. Yeah. And I'm trying to bring it out visually. And when I, like, there's a character that we, ha- we have, well, two characters that I'm super excited to draw because I'm like, oh, I, 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 gotta, I gotta park it. Because I gotta do this first, yeah. <laughs> and then I get invested in, in the character I'm drawing right now, and I try to draw that emotion that he has written, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, you get invested definitely in the moment. Yeah. What do you think the current state of comic books or co- the comic industry is right <laughs> now? Because I'm not a huge comic reader, as I said before, but I, I do follow Marvel. I Followed the Infinity Saga, like the movies at least. Sure. Yeah. Not the thing. And Everyone after, does, right? Yeah. <laughs> and after that, they did the whole Disney Plus thing, and I'm like, okay, I don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. But what do you think the whole um, industry is like right now? Where where, where does it? Well, I think the, the first three phases of, like, the MCU mm-hmm. were almost like a master class in storytelling, especially on that scale, sure. because they had the central figure of Kevin Feige, who had his hands on every project. Uh, and it was all leading to Infinity War and Endgame. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I personally think that Infinity War was superior to Endgame. Because it's always hard to end. Yeah. Yeah. But having half of the movie focus on a villain who's sympathetic, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Because Thanos, even though he's wrong, justifies his actions in yeah. what he's doing. Yeah. And you get to follow him. And like I remember watching... The first Avengers movie, I was in the theaters, of course, because you want to see it in the theaters. And they had the finals, like the the secret end yeah, scene. And all of a sudden, it's Thanos. And like that's my favorite comic series, was that six-book part of the inf- original Infinity Gauntlet. And I was just like, oh, my God. <laughs> like Just standing in the theater, losing my mind. People are looking at me like, well, who is this guy? Yeah. And to have it culminate with the snap and then going back and the whole events of Endgame, it was just amazing. Yeah. But, you know, now we have modern, uh, like MCU, I won't even, I'm not really familiar with DC. Mm-hmm. Everybody says it's dead. But, like, there's a, a nickname for the fourth phase of MCU, which is the MCU, because all the heroes are female. Yeah. And all the male characters kind of act as second fiddle, even in their own series. And they're all generally either the villain or kind of buffoons. Mm-hmm. Like if you look even at the new series She-Hulk, like it's okay. Yeah. But 
the the writers of it weren't interested in doing a superhero movie. They wanted to, or a show. They wanted to do a slice of life kind of comedy. Yeah. And then what they've done is they've taken the original She-Hulk story, which was she's killed or assassin an assassination attempt is made on her life by a crime boss. Mm-hmm. And her cousin, Bruce Banner, who is the Hulk, saves her, but she's going to die. So he does a blood transfusion to give her the Hulk DNA uh, yeah. to save her. So now you have these conflicting storylines. Like she now she's this green monster, and he has the guilt of being guilty of putting that on her, but he's also responsible for saving her. Yeah. So now what they've done instead is they're in a car crash. Hulk has an inhibitor to keep him from hulking out because otherwise a car crash can't hurt him, yeah. right? So in the oh, story yeah, in yeah, the yeah. comic books, he tries to kill himself dozens of times, but the Hulk always stops it because the Hulk doesn't want to die. Yeah. So then they have this crazy car crash, and without being She-Hulk yet, she somehow manages to rip a door off its hinges. Like, try. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like... NFL okay. linemen can't rip a door off the hinges uh-huh. of a car. But somehow, without being She-Hulk, she does it. And then she saves him. And then it, it has the funny scene where she's telling him how good she is at controlling her temper. But she's not controlling her temper. Yeah. And then the other thing with that particular episode is the writers are guilty of telling and not showing. So what they should have done was had a boss like criticize her and step on her and demeanor so that when she's making the argument later about all her struggles, you would have shown her go through it. Mm-hmm. Instead, the writers are just having her tell you what she goes through. Yeah. Like she's talking about getting catcalled and all the things, but they don't show you that. They're just, it's like lazy storytelling. Mm-hmm. Uh, with, with going back to the comic industries, sure. um, DC Comics and Marvel are the two big ones. Yeah. Right? They've been around the longest. Um, I don't know what's happening with DC Comics. Like John said, people are saying it's dead. Mm-hmm. Um, there's other podcasts they talk about it and they say it's a, because the, the new CEO has taken over and he's sure. wiping everything clean. But with um, with comics nowadays, it just seems like they're, they have these writers or these artists that come in and they want to, instead of taking the character and creating uh, a story for the character, they're taking their own personal um issues and putting it on the character mm-hmm. um which i have a problem with because it's like that's not what you're there there for you're there to take that this iconic character and develop a story for him not put your issues into the character serve the character yeah serve yeah. the character and not the other way around uh, so like you're seeing things come out like the new spider-mans they're coming out and they're coming out with a new disabled spider-man and all the stuff and it's kind of like what are we doing here like okay. like i get we want to have um a world where everyone's included and we should i'm not against that but you're taking iconic characters and you're trying to force your issues onto that and instead of developing new characters that people can relate to yeah and that's what they need to do um and that's the problem with comics right now and it's 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 not profitable it's 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 it it isn't Mm -hmm. and people say it is but it isn't Mm -hmm. people don't people don't want to read that stuff they want to read the stuff that was prior to that. And, and so like creating new characters that have those issues that could be feasible. Right. But, um, that's the problem with comics. They're trying to, like John said, trying to be trendy and, and be part of this movement and like too far, I think 
too far into this movement. Mm-hmm. So um, I I think they're struggling. Mm-hmm. I think they're they, they're they're slowly collapsing, mm-hmm. and I think we're coming in at a right time because our world is a, it's a device. There's a lot of diversity in our mm-hmm. world. Um, we're just telling a story. We have no. Agenda. No agenda. No, no yeah. agenda. No, yeah. there's no politics to it. We're just yeah. creating a story that everyone, hopefully, everyone enjoys. Mm-hmm. The world has its own politics right. that yeah. they have to deal with, so we don't need to put on a layer of our own personal views and agendas, right? To uh, you know, compensate. Do you, Do you think there's also like the business side of it, like in terms of if they were to create a new character, not many people resonate with the character. There's not that like built in for a very long time. So it's just easier for them to like sell tickets and sell, um, sell comics and sell seats is the business side also yes. take. Yeah. They're forcing like, right. Yeah. They're forcing it. Right. Uh-huh. Or what, what's the term tokenizing it? Yeah. Yes. Like yeah. That, that, that doesn't resonate with the audience. Sure. Cause yeah. you got this audience, like for, especially for comic books that, They've been reading it for decades. They grew yeah. up and they're invested in it. They go every week, every Tuesday or Wednesday, whenever they come out, right. and they and they buy their comics. Mm-hmm. And they don't want to see these stories being forced True. and yeah. and uh, labeled. That's the other thing. Mm-hmm. So they just they just want stories. Mm-hmm. That's what they're there for. So it's the cancel culture that we live in right, right now, where. You see Lucasfilm and now Amazon, they're doing the same strategy when their products are getting criticized. Mm-hmm. They're like, well, those fans are racists yeah. and they're misogynists and their point doesn't matter. But what they're ta- who they're criticizing is the fans of the original IP. Yeah. So like the people who love Tolkien love Tolkien. Like I, I like Tolkien, but not to the degree like there's scholars yeah. on the world of Tolkien, right? Okay. So when the Lord of the, or the Rings of Power is coming out and they're putting these characters with these characters and it's like strong female, like Guy Ladriel and historically in the lore, these people never met. Yeah. But they're forcing them together. And I mean, Amazon has come out publicly saying like, we're putting modern politics into Tolkien's world. Mm-hmm. And that is so anti-Tolkien like it's so disrespectful to his memory and what he created that but of course they don't care. Yeah. yeah they care about sales. Yeah. But yeah. they're biting their own yeah, tail right in tough. the pursuit of this agenda to promote these ideas when the fans of Tolkien who they're labeling as misogynists and racists they're not. They're just saying these characters didn't exist like the Lord of the Rings is Tolkien's like gift to Britain as a, a mythology for Britain. That was his purpose of creating it. And that's what he was trying to do. And now you have mm-hmm. this current story coming out that's not pursuing that same aim. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With, with your own comic book coming out in the next couple of months or whenever you guys are releasing spring, it, right? we're spring. aiming for spring of 2023. Right. What impact from a storytelling point and a visual point do you want the audience or the readers to have from your comic book? From the story perspective, I want them to be uh, just really immersed. I want it to offer an escape, mm-hmm. but not an escape to a safe place. I want it to be a place where like they're scared about what's going to be on the next page because 
oh my god, do you remember how book one ended? Yeah. And now this is happening. And like, trust me, it this ends pretty good. <laughs> and like, it's just, I want people to enjoy it. But right. definitely, as I said, like, it's not going to be for like seven year olds. Yeah. It's definitely like M17, maybe like yeah. maybe 15, mm-hmm. but it's certainly not for kids. I remember getting a Spider Man comic when I was eight years old. My dad bought me this one and he didn't look at it because he was like, it's a comic book, it's for kids. Yeah. And it was a, a sp- the end of a Spider-Man, Craven the Hunter storyline. Oh, yeah. And the ending of it is Craven the Hunter committing suicide. <laughs> and you see his body in a casket, and there's blood across the picture of his family. And I'm like eight oh, years God. old, just like, <laughs> wow, huh? <laughs> like Spider-Man loses in the ep- in the book, right? And it, like Craven just lets him go, and then you have this end where. He takes a shotgun and blows his own head off. And you're like, oh, oh. so that's kind of more what mm. we're trying to do. Except there will be like the warning of like, hey, this is not for kids. <laughs> don't let your eight year old read this. Yeah. Yeah. Is there a side of, uh, you know, you sp- spoke on the mental health aspect. Is there a side that you want to portray through the comic as well? I think our story, like both of us have, are, are, every day is a new day for us. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of continually trying to battle this mental health issue inside of us. Mm-hmm. I think our stories are so, like ourselves is the story that we want to have, not the book. It, like the book is the book, mm-hmm. but when people meet us and talk to us and like they have wow. their own struggles and um, their own anxieties, depression. I, I, I went to a school and um, did a presentation. I do like a comic book mm-hmm. presentation of uh drawing with the kids and telling them my story, how I got into it. And uh, there was, I'll get emotional telling this story, but there was one girl in the back. She had her hood on. She was with her uh, educational assistant and she didn't say anything. And I'm walking through around the desks and this one girl, she doesn't say anything. She's drawing and I'm looking at her work and I'm like, oh, wow, you got some great stuff here. And the EA looks at me and she's just like, yeah, she's really good, but she's, she doesn't really talk to anyone. So I'm like, Oh, and, and so at the end of the class, when we're all done, uh, the hour, um, EA comes up to me and she's like, would it be possible if she brings her artwork and she has a book of, of work that she's done? Can she show you? I'm like, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So at the, around two o'clock in the afternoon, I'm doing headshots. I'm just drawing headshots and the student comes up and she pulls her head down. She gives me her book and she starts talking and she's excited. And the EA starts crying. And I'm like, don't do that. I'm going to start crying. Uh, <laughs> and she's like opening up. Yeah. And I'm telling this is beautiful. Like continue this. Like this is your passion. Continue this. Keep doing this. This is your art. Like express it to the world. If it's, as long as it's safe, like, but express it to the world. You know, it, it, do this. Please do this. And she was like talking and everything. And I'm talking to her. And then the principal's crying and she's like looking. I'm like, oh my Lord. Like I'm, I'm <laughs> starting to get wow. teary eyed. But like that hit me because- yeah. Like, she, like, hit herself, didn't want anything to do with the world, and then she had this one person that she, like, could relate to, and she opened up, and I just hope she can, I hope she's still doing it, but um, it was a, a, a beautiful moment for me. So, like, those moments I want for everyone out in the world, like, if you have a passion for something, and if it's not harmful to any group or anything like that, and it's, like, respectful, like, you know, do it. Yeah. Like, don't be afraid. Mm-hmm. Like... It, it show your art to the world. Of course. Yeah. So, 
That's that's where I look at it. I don't need to write like mental health into the story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like right. you'll you'll see that. Like yeah, you'll yeah, see the course. traumas and you'll see the the anxieties and depressions of certain characters, but that's natural because what they're going through, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know if you want to mention anything or sure. I um, like, I don't know if you guys have ever seen the series uh, Avatar: The Legend or Air The Last Airbender. Yep. So there's a character in it named Azula, yep. and she's the villain, mm-hmm. and she's a control freak. Everything has to be perfection, but her journey is a descent into madness, right. so that by the end of the series, it's three seasons, she is completely lost it, and yeah. she ends up losing. Yeah. And it's so, like, there's so many elements in that series, which is inspiring to me as a writer, because they're so well done. I, I could talk. We could do a podcast just on Avatar. The, I would love the last to. I'm, I'm in. Like, Your eyes lit up when you said Avatar last year. But for for my story, like that's just normal life, right? Yeah. People have issues, so you have to write those in. But you don't need to have someone being like, "I'm depressed." No, yeah. you just have them showcase go through their daily life and yeah. have have these issues weighing them down and affecting them in their especially the way they make decisions like i'm not i don't want to get too much into the story but that we have one character who has grown up in like a very uh very wealthy society like as as like canada and america mm-hmm. have a lot of privilege like the like the white privilege whatever however you want to phrase it right we, it's very easy because we have clean water foods everywhere wi-fi Right, all these things, and this so this one character doesn't want to be who he is assigned to be, because there's kind of rules in society. So he wants to be someone else, but this causes conflict because he makes a secret, right? And he lives with this secret, and it causes more problems. But he fights harder to go into that secret, which causes conflicts in his regular day to day life, and that's. That's one of the major storylines that we're going to be exploring in the first volume. So what's, what's the end goal that you guys want to have with this series? Or do you want to eventually turn it into like a movie series or? Probably television. Yeah. Anime, right? Better, yes. Anime. Better, better uh, storytelling opportunity in a television series mm-hmm. compared to doing movies just because of the length mm-hmm. that you can do. Right. Like if you tried to do Breaking Bad as a movie, it wouldn't be as impactful. Even if yeah. you made five movies. Yeah. It's just not even close to the amount of runtime you're going to have. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think maybe when I planned it out as books, it was supposed to be like seven novels. So if we did seven seasons yeah. with, depending on the runtime of each episode, if you do an hour, kind of like a Game of Thrones, yeah. it's probably 10 episodes a season. Mm-hmm. Or if you do it as like a like an animated series where it's like 23, 24 minutes, then, you know, up it to like 20, maybe 25, kind of like a Clone Wars or Avatar run. But that's totally the dream. But to get there, you need a lot more people. I can't make an animated series by myself. But Jay and I, maybe if we work really hard. (laughs) We're baby-stepping this. Like, we talk about, like, going to Japan and stuff like that. Yeah, like the dream. Yeah, the dream, yeah. Of course. Um, yeah, it's it's just baby stepping right now. We of course we have these dreams, and we and then we have to. Okay, we need to finish the content. We need to finish exactly. The content. And his wife the, always says, "Finish the content." Yeah, that's her number one. She's like, "Make <laughs> yeah. ten books." Yeah. I'm like, "Whoa, easy." Yeah. <laughs> but like one thing I got I got to do before 
we carry on is we need to give a shout out to our colorist yeah. who is awesome. He did the the image you guys saw. Uh-huh. His name is his name is Jeremiah Skipper. Yeah. And he's on Instagram and he has so many amazing illustrations that he's colored. And without his help, this project wouldn't be anywhere near close to where it would be or mm-hmm. should be. Because his his level of talent is outstanding. Yeah. And that's the image I have on my phone. Every time yeah. I turn my phone on, I see his colored image of Jay's illustration. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, oh, like I just want to give you all the money <laughs> that we can do this. Yeah, and I met him on Instagram because he was open for commissions. And I was looking for a colorist. Right. And I really wanted my artwork to pop out. And he just took some of my artwork and made it pop. Mm-hmm. And uh, we get along great like we email each other and he's a great guy from what i know of (laughs) through email (laughs) but he's been super super pleasant and uh he knows like we blend we work really well together you know how you find someone like me and john like we work really well together and then you have this colorist i I was telling him like because we had another colorist do a piece for us and i was just like i just i don't like i don't like the vibe i don't like he's not getting the translation he's Mm -hmm. not and then i'm like I got this buddy that has done art, uh, coloring for me in the past and he, we work really well together. And so I sent it to him and I, I got it and I opened it up. And I'm like, oh, oh, that's, God. Pre- that's pretty good. <laughs> so I sent it, I sent it to John and I didn't get a response back. And I'm like, oh man, like, does John not like it? What's going on? And then all of a sudden I'm, he's like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, I just, I, sorry, I need to change my shorts. <laughs> it was that exciting. I, I was even showing the guys at the barbershop and they're yeah. just like, dude, when's this coming out? Oh my, oh, oh that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was it's, incredible. It's, it's yeah, yeah. Is so. there, is there anything you guys can share specifically about the, the comic that you guys are doing titles maybe? Um, the yeah. series name. Buckle your seatbelts. That's all. I, I, it's, yeah. it's. <laughs> The story is the story is fantastic. It is. It's a it's psychological, thrilling, epic fantasy. It is unbelievable. And every story that every end of every comic, you guys are going to be like, when's the sec? When's the next one coming? Like, yeah, exactly. you, you're going to be wanting to read this book. I guarantee it. Like, it's a really, really good story. And I hope my artwork brings out the emotion and the the narrative of the book. Mm-hmm. And, and that's all I, I I want is to take his work and bring it out even more and then jeremiah of course hopefully yeah. brings it out even more if 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 he does uh, uh-huh. color our pages yeah i think he will but like i, I think, think so yeah i hope so yeah <laughs> me too perfect right. any any advice you guys can give to the listeners out there who are you know battling with their own mental health issues or even you know getting in uh, as artist is is hard to get out there any advice you can give to anyone out there who's listening i can only speak on on how I dealt with it. I tried to do it day by day. There's good days. There's bad days. Um, you just got to keep moving forward. You can't give up. Um, I've seen too many, especially the, the, the environment I work in, I've seen too many people give up and it's, it, it kills me every time. Mm-hmm. Um, inside, I, I just feel like, oh, you know, such a, such a talent we lost. Um, so I always say like, we got to keep moving. And, and I, I, I tell myself that I got to wake up. I got to, I got to keep moving forward. I got to get through the day and, and tomorrow will be a new day. And you, I just keep moving forward. Um, if you do need help, please reach out to the hotlines or to someone, talk to someone, please. Um, I really want people to get the help they, they need. Um, if you're in that kind of dire spot. Um, but 
and even if you want to hit me up, like I have a friend that's wrote, uh, wrote a book. I, I'm actually going to shout out to my buddy, Jay McLean. He wrote a book, uh, one drop of water. And, uh, he's got a great book of, it's a mental health book and he's, um, done really well with it. It's an excellent read and hopefully it's helped a lot of people. Um, don't be afraid to reach out to us or to me anyway. I don't want to speak for John, but like if you, if you need any kind of help, reach out. So John, what about yourself? I, uh, I think what's really important is to try to understand the perspective of different people. Like I, I myself used to be kind of the like locked in on like just ideas that I thought were right, Mm -hmm. but no one's really right in whatever they believe. Because the world's more complicated than that. We, Part of my storytelling journey was escaping the black and white perspective of right and wrong. Mm-hmm. Like The world is so gray. And it's hard to empathize with people you disagree with if you refuse to try to walk in their shoes for a, even a minute. Right. But if you can do that, it's only going to make you a better person, which will make you a better artist. Mm-hmm. If art is your thing, whatever it is, like... Who cares about art? It's right. it's a luxury. The real important thing is just being a good person. And you don't need to scream your agenda. Just live your life. You know? Mm. Like, it's this trendy concept that I spoke of earlier. Like, don't follow the trends. Just be a good person. Right. Yeah. Right. I love that. Any I also, question? Yeah, go ahead. I, I, sorry. I, I also have a shout out. Um, I met... Jeremy, he's the owner of Galaxy Comics. Mm. I have to do a shout out. Yeah, no, he's he's been it. great. Go he's been it. super helpful with me and uh, a great guy. And if you need comics, Galaxy Comics is the place to go to. So, him up. A- any question from the team behind the <laughs> behind the scenes? I think you were talking about Olympic Comic Con. Yes, um, we were going to get a booth at Comic Con. However, we're trying to walk before we run and sprint yeah. and fly. <laughs> so we're going to go as guests and show our work, but we're not going to be uh, getting a booth this year. But next year, absolutely. And it's probably on a like Donkey more. Kong next year. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> next year is the year. All right. But, uh, yeah. Oh, yes. We have a GoFundMe set up, okay. and the title to search for is the title of the series. It's called Atlas of Sidonia. Uh, then for the the GoFundMe, it's Atlas of Sidonia, Volume 1, Cloud Peak. Okay. And what the funds are going to be going to is to pay our colorist and to cover the costs of marketing. So zero, zero funds are going to be coming to us directly to pay us. Mm-hmm. It's all being invested into the book so that the book itself will generate the revenue that hopefully we get paid. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we don't need to do more GoFundMes. Yeah. It'll be in the description. We'll yeah, in the if description. you haven't already, make sure to check out the description. We'll take everything that you need to know about this uh, coming up uh, stories in the description below. Go check out their GoFundMe. Go check out their Instagrams, whatever you guys want. Uh, and make sure to b- grab a copy when the series does come out. Please, please help us out. <laughs> and uh, if you haven't already, make sure to hit the like button, comment, subscribe. We're live every Tuesday morning at 11.30 a.m. on the UMFM radio station, 101.5 FM, and we're on all streaming platforms. And until next time, thank you so much. Peace. That's it. Thank you, boys. (laughs) Thank you.